0: Welcome to your thought life podcast. I am your host, Michael Anderson. I'm professionally trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro linguistic programming. And I love helping people overcome mindset challenges. If you haven't already do subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. All of our episodes are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if you're on a platform that supports it leave us a rating and a review. That would tremendously help the show. Thank you so much for your support. Understanding the stress response is our topic for today. It's my aim to share with you, family, the key point from the very start, because this is super duper important and I want to make sure that you get this in your hearts and minds. Here's the key point. The stress response can be manifest in your life by thought alone. You can be by yourself with literally no environmental stressors creating the circumstances. You can be by yourself alone and start to enter into a sequence of thoughts which will fire off emotions that are well known by the body and in a matter of seconds, you can be in a full-blown stressed state by thought alone. And this is just like when you have a day surgery and you go under anesthesia and they tell you not to make any decisions for the rest of the day. While you're in this heightened state where adrenaline and cortisol are at very high levels, it is not advisable that you make any decisions until this thing has passed. Your organs are programmed to respond in a certain way to situations that are viewed as either threatening or challenging. It's in these situations that adrenaline, but more often cortisol is released that gets you in that really spunky state where you're whole body is kind of numbed, you can't think clearly, and the reason for that is because your body is taking the blood from all of the vital organs and is sending it to your extremities, your hands and your legs, so that you can take action. The action that we're talking about is either deemed fight or flight. This is a response that all of us experience from time to time. It's physiological and psychological. It's a reaction to the things that are occurring as a result of, again, what we're thinking or what we are being faced with in our environment that's either challenging or threatening. We have this innate survival mechanism that's built into us from our ancestors. Thousands and thousands of years have helped us evolve to this point such that any perceived potential danger or life-threatening situation automatically activates this fight or flight response. When we're faced With a perceived threat, the body activates the sympathetic nervous system. And when the sympathetic nervous system is activated, the releases of these two hormones is what ensues immediately after. This triggers a physiological change that I just shared with you, where the blood leaves the vital organs and goes to the extremities. This is not a time for creation. This is not a time for you to have deep, meaningful thought. And as I shared in the opening, this is not a time for you to make any important decisions because your body is perceiving that your life is on the line. And as a result, you need to be prepared to confront the threat, fight, or to escape it through flight. And that's when the adrenaline comes in. If you're going to choose to take the flight mechanism, then you're going to get extra adrenaline so that you can get to that safe place. You're going to be able to run faster than you typically would. You're going to be able to run further without getting winded. All sorts of energy that would be reserved for things that are going on inside of the body in this physiological change They're going to be moved to those extremities so that you can get out of dodge. There are a number of different reasons why the fight or fight mechanism occurs. And the first of which is the survival instinct. And this is built into us, as I shared, from our ancestors. And what happens here, because it's so deeply rooted in our evolutionary history, The environment that we're in perceives some sort of danger and we have to survive that danger. And over time, our predecessors found that there were two ways that we could do it. We could either fight or confront the threat or we could escape through flight. And those are the two vehicles that we have today. There's a new one that psychology also recognizes called freeze, right? Do nothing. Not nearly as popular as these two that we're discussing today, but do know that that exists. When you're in the survival mode or when this response is enabled, you're able to react quickly. It increases your chance for survival. Now, let me just say this. If all of this activity in this physiological change and is caused by a psychological set of circumstances thought alone, this can be very problematic because we know that our bodies are not designed to handle long-term stress. When faced with this scenario, it puts you at a disadvantage because If you're experiencing high levels of cortisol and or adrenaline every single day, then what's happening is you're conditioning your body to operate under that set of circumstances. And when you're operating under that sort of circumstances, you are unable to create. You don't have the wherewithal to do any type of deep thinking. You're not able to enjoy life the way that the rest of us are enjoying life because you can't even see it that way. This heightened level of cortisol prevents you from even seeing and thinking clearly. Now imagine trying to do this over, I don't know, two, three, five, six months. There are very important processes that need to take place in your body for repair and for recovery. If you're consistently in this hormonal state where cortisol levels are high, this is the ideal set of circumstances for disease to enter into the equation. When you go to sleep at night, there are certain things that need to take place to scrub the previous day's activities to wipe the slate clean, to store away memories, to restore various protein chains, various enzyme chains. And as a result of those things not happening, the body begins to break down at the cellular level. And this is why it's so important to understand stress, why it's so important that each of us practice healthy self-care practices. Another reason why the fight or flight response occurs is for what we call mobilization. And this occurs when the fight or flight response allows the body to immobilize its resources rapidly. Physiological state change that we talked to you about where adrenaline is ushered in along with cortisol. These are called stress hormones They are released at this particular time and they increase the heart rate. They increase the blood flow and our whole respiratory system undergoes a change. While these things are taking place, our oxygen supply is altered. Our glucose in the muscles so that we can generate that extra strength, that extra endurance. There's a heightened sense of alertness with respect to environmental variables that are gonna come in and try to harm us, we have get this burst of energy, right? And we have this, what almost seems like a supernatural capability, one which we may not experience on a regular basis. This is immobilization. And this occurs as one of the outflows of us feeling that we're being threatened, over being confronted with a threatening circumstance, and again, all of this can take place in our minds without any environmental variables being present. Why do I keep saying that? I keep saying that because when you look at some of the folks that are close to you, friends, family members, close associates, maybe even co-workers that you have good relationships with and You see them stressed. These are the things that they're going through. And it's just work that's creating this in some cases. It's no real frightening situation. It's a PowerPoint presentation that's causing this. There's uh, some sort of work-related altercation that's causing this. Disagreement, maybe. At home, there's friction in the house at arrival that causes this. There's a disagreement on what meal we should have this evening that causes this. You see what I'm saying? There's manufactured circumstances in our minds that put our bodies through this entire cycle. It takes some people hours to settle back into their normal state after having an arousal like this. So while you're in that state, don't make any decisions until you're back for sure to your normal state. Because you can't think clearly because all the blood again is left your vital organs in your brain and has come to your hands and your legs and your arms. Heightened uh, sensory perception is another area that we might see play out as a response. And in heightened sensory perception, the fight or flight response will increase our ability to be alert. We become laser focused. Our attention is spot on. We become very acute. To anything that might create a set of circumstances that are hurt or harm us. All of the environmental variables surrounding this threat become very clear to us. This heightened state of awareness helps us to gather key pieces of data and information. All with the premise of helping us to react accordingly accordingly so we can execute the fight or the flight. Early on in my army career, we were taught this principle, but we were taught how to turn it on so that if we got ourselves into a situation, we would be laser focused on what we could do to a potential threat, or in this case, an opponent, To disable them as quickly as possible. So obviously they taught us the techniques of how to do that. I felt this heightened sensory perception. It makes you feel like you are the man or the woman. Because you have what feels like this extraordinary level of awareness of your surroundings, of your capability. You almost feel as though you're superhuman for a little while until the effects wear off and you stabilize into your normal state. I think it's really important for us to note that fight or flight response is a primitive survival mechanism. Yes, there are going to be times when we need to exercise it as a result of things that we're facing right now. But I want you to be ultra aware of when you are creating or when friends of yours or loved ones or people you're in relationship with are creating these situations from thought alone without the environmental variables weighing in. Because that is a detrimental state to remain in because it brings in disease over time. Your response to fight or flight is going to have a negative impact on your body for the time in which you're in that altered state or that heightened state. Don't expect to be able to think clearly. You can't because the blood is in your extremities. Understanding the fight or flight response can help us to recognize our physiological reactions to stress. And we know from numerous slash countless studies that it's important that we have an active management plan to keep stress at a low in our lives. There's a number of things that you can do when you find yourself here by thought alone. If you change your breathing and slow it down and you sustain that, three to five minutes, your body will then check in and go, oh, maybe the threat has been overcome so we can go back to our normal state. You can also exercise mindfulness. You can begin to really think through what is it that just occurred in my body? Because you're going to feel it. As well, you're going to feel the psychological and the physiological changes. And you can ask yourself, what was it that created this? And then begin to tell yourself the opposite of what was perceived as a threat that put you in this heightened state. The fight or flight response can be very valuable in the real situations That we face in our environment where we need to mobilize, we need to turn on our survival instincts, and we need to enhance our sensory perception. But if we're doing this by thought alone, family, it's not serving us well. So the next time you have an incident with stress, I want you to think about this podcast that you've listened to today. And think through some of these principles and deploy them so that you can get out of that state and return to your typical way of living where you're practicing a can-do-it attitude. You're practicing positive thinking. You're in command of the future that you desire for yourself. That's going to conclude this episode. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. You are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. Until next time, take care and be safe.